Welcome everybody to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast. We talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host today. Arif Bacchus. Yeah, we'll be talking about none other than Microsoft news today. Uh, we have a lot of it. Uh, I see you put together a pretty extensive doc. So uh, without further ado, let's just jump into the news. What are we starting off with today? Welcome, everybody, to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast. We talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host today. Arif Vakas. Yeah, we'll be talking about none other than Microsoft news today. Uh, we have a lot of it. Uh, I see you put together a pretty extensive doc. So uh, without further ado, let's just jump into the news. What are we starting off with today? More controversy. Every week, we have a new Windows 11 controversy. And now we're back again with another Windows 11 controversy. This time, it's about the File Explorer, which apparently will will would have had ads, but now will not have ads anymore. And ads go in quotation marks. OK, so we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll beat over that in, in a, over an extensive period of time. The next thing we're going to jump into, though, is a uh, Windows event, uh, which is scheduled for uh, two weeks from now, on the 5th, I believe, of April. So uh, and maybe they're holding this event to apologize for the file export. Thing. We'll, get it, <laughs> we'll get into what this event might mean. And we also had a mic. Speaking of events, we had a Microsoft event this week, uh, more catered towards Microsoft 365. I think it was called the Work Trend Index 2022 report came out, and as part of that report, Microsoft announced some updates for Microsoft Teams, and they also launched a new Surface Hub to Smart Camera. Yeah, we'll get into some of the hardware on that and how it compares to the new Apple. What is that? M1 or Apple Studio Camera? <laughs> Maybe we'll see some comparisons there. Uh, and then we go into our fast recap, which is the fun part of our, our day. We'll be talking about uh, the new $500 uh, Surface Go 3 with LTE connectivity. And then we also have some news about Microsoft Edge getting a new feature about centered around alt description tags. Yeah, and then we'll kind of uh, alert you guys to the continued Windows 11 bug bash. Those things are still going on. So uh, if you can, uh, get in there and help out. And Microsoft renamed another one of its divisions. This time, it's relating to the Microsoft Partner Network. Yeah, we'll see what that renaming means, uh, if, if it has any financial implications for the company. Uh, and then we'll be talking about Windows 11's uh, finally fixing something uh, that's related to an Oracle soft piece of software. Uh, VirtualBox has finally been fixed, and so Windows 10 people might be able to move up soon. And let's not forget about our week ahead segment where we'll talk about emergent topics from Microsoft that we expect to be big in the week ahead. And the first of which is Microsoft Edge version 100 heading to the beta channel. Yeah, uh, well, we, again, we'll talk about what that means uh, for those of you who use Edge, like myself. Uh, we'll also be talking about uh, a, a rumored uh, E3 sort of event for Xbox. You know how. A lot of companies are kind of ditching E3 officially and kind of holding their own unofficial uh, events. So we'll see if there's something soon coming up for that. And then what about this Microsoft and U.S. Army contract? Oh, man, this should have been part of the controversy <laughs> right at the top. This is going to be actually quite long probably towards the end. So we'll wrap you up on how Microsoft may be about to lose HoloLens and its AR advantage it had for like the last five years. 
And uh, let's get started with the big topic of the day, which is ads in File Explorer. Now, there was a little bit of controversy of with this earlier in the past week, and it was when it was discovered that Microsoft could be testing "quote unquote" ads in the Windows 11 File Explorer. And this was spotted by our old friend Florian B, who mentioned in a tweet that some people might go mad over ads in the Windows 11 File Explorer. And his tweet showed what we're talking about, of course. I mentioned ads all how like six times already, but I didn't say what the ad is. But the ad <laughs> itself is a little note in the drop-down suggestion box in the File Explorer suggesting you to try out Microsoft Editor. And clicking it, it has a little lot learn more link that you could click to learn more about Microsoft Editor, or it has a little X that you could click to dismiss it. And this was in, according to Florian, the latest Windows 11 dev channel build to, at the time, which was 22572.100. And he wasn't the only one that noticed this. There were a bunch of other people on Twitter who were, quote unquote, complaining about the ads. And it was a huge source of controversy among Windows Insider. And another user, he noted, he said that uh, he had an ad for checking out PowerPoint uh, in Microsoft Office, apparently. I don't know, you already have it installed. Why would you want to go check it out? But he's he was seeing ads for PowerPoint. But point of it is this, like things go in the Microsoft world. Microsoft officially came out. It was Brandon LeBlanc from the Windows Insider program. He said that, quote unquote, it was never, it was only an experiment and it wasn't intended to be published externally. So there you have it, folks. There won't be ads in the Windows 11 File Explorer. And Microsoft did a major backtracking in a, just one short day. Yeah, uh, I am going to take a bit of a controversial stance and say that Microsoft has nothing to apologize about. Uh, I think with a little bit of context, we can kind of maybe see this uh, for what it is. Uh, for a lot of people, these are tips and tools on kind of yep. how to utilize and navigate not only the Windows interface, but all of the features that come tied with it. Uh, some people uh, use Windows just for, for browsing. They use maybe Chrome. They might use Google Drive, things like that. Uh, but they may not know that they have... Uh, uh, six months for you know testing period to try out Office and all the things that come with it. Microsoft makes Office; they make money off of Office. Office ties well into, is well integrated into Windows. Why wouldn't they want people to try it out? Again, I don't see this as an ad per se, as more of a tips and tricks. Like the guy said, he got while using Office, he got a tip on how to use PowerPoint. I would actually prefer if they gave me a tip on how to use Publisher. Publish comes with Windows, comes with Office. I have no idea how to use it. <laughs> it's always there. It's one of the apps that takes up space, and I, I I have a fear of deleting it because I feel like I'm going to get rid of a program that I should have been using that would make my life a lot easier. So when it comes to things like you know suggesting, and I think they did this in Windows 10. They started this uh, back in back in the middle of Windows 10 development, where they started putting in tips for OneDrive and how yep. to utilize OneDrive. Yep. And I think that's again a a benefit. It's a boon for people who. Uh, or maybe running up against storage space in their in their devices. Maybe they don't know that they could use the cloud. That OneDrive is built into the File Explorer system. You don't have to go into another app. You can explore your files through that. So when it says learn more, it doesn't say buy. It's not doing. It's it's asking you to kind of explore your operating system. And again, these are, to my in my opinion, uh, unobtrusive ads. They're not 
you know, they don't get, they're not a pop-up. They don't get in the way of what you're doing. They're built into the file explorer. If you don't want to use it, you, you could just dismiss have, it. Yeah, you could just or click you can dismiss it, Or you can just leave it as is and go back to the file that you're actually looking for. Maybe you don't want to get rid of it just yet. Maybe you want to look at it later on and you have the right to do that because without Xing it out, you can always go back to it. So I think that it's been blown out of proportion. I think people, you know, just like when, you know, you're seeing bloatware for Candy Crush and things like that. Again, these are games for people who like Candy Crush, which I mean, they bought Activision, uh, Blizzard, uh, and Candy Crush is, as a company making makes billions as a revenue. So there's a reason why people like it. You know, maybe you and I don't use it as power users or, you know, active users of Windows all the time. But there are, you know, mom pops that might see that and say, hey, I do like that game. I'm glad it's on my on my uh, desktop. And to be I, fair, you could turn all of these suggestions off if you don't want them. They're not they're not there permanently. You you'll see in Windows 10, you would see suggested apps in your start menu. I think even Windows 11 has it or there'll be notifications in your action center, but it's not something that's forced on you. If you don't want to see the suggestions, you could turn it off. So uh, that's the whole other side of the story. It's not being forced on you. You could just remove them if you don't want to see them. Yeah, I, again, I totally agree. In this age of marketing and the way that people are getting advertised, I think we are Microsoft stuck in a chicken and egg situation. Um, they are not getting the sort of same leeway that Google does because uh, Google came in very heavy-handedly and very upfront. I will give them the credit to that, that they are an advertising company. Um, and so now with people are more apt to allow them to advertise to them. They're, you know, Most of the defense for people when we do a, a, an apples to oranges comparison between Microsoft advertising to somebody, Google advertising to somebody, is like they always say, Google gives me the ads that I want. Well, Microsoft wants to get to that point, but they can't unless you allow them to advertise to you to begin with. They have to learn, they have to get to know you. And, you know, one of the ways that, you know, one of the fastest ways for them to do it is when people are using one of their products, you know, hours on end. You know, you're at work, you're using this thing eight hours a day. Microsoft can advertise to you to get to know what it is you do. So if you're an office user and they're saying, hey, you know, uh, you can get your own personal OneDrive uh, as a subscription or your Office 365 subscription and get OneDrive on your own. You store all your photos that you take on your phone on here. That's just another way for them to get to you versus saying like, oh, well, we don't have a mobile device. We don't know how you take pictures on your phone. We don't even know how to store them. This is just, a, you know, I, 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 I think I've gotten to the point where I don't care about who advertises to me, <laughs> just what they're advertising. And it all is about context. And I think in this context, Microsoft has a right to advertise Office. Now, it would be one thing if they were advertising, um, I don't know, what's a, what's a product that you know, would be way out of left field for them? Because uh... even Xbox ties into this. If you saw an ad in Windows for Azure in your file explorer, like, hey, update to Azure server today, that would have been out of left field and something that you don't want to see. Yeah, if if, if you're not an, into cloud development, because again, yeah. there are people who use Windows that are in cloud. That's what I'm saying. Like, it'd be if they had a product with, you know, they were selling Microsoft sweatshirts and they they had an ad for it in File Explorer. That would be out of context. You'd be like, why is this here? This makes no sense. But if it's something for for OneDrive, which build, it builds into File Explorer, or Office, which you store your files in the File Explorer from Office, these are all in context. I don't have a problem with it. Anyway, enough about that. Why don't we just move on towards the news, which is everyone is probably here for, is the incoming Windows event on April 5th. Yeah, it looks like Panos is being pulled out of the closet for this one, so it's relatively <laughs> important. Uh, usually we'll have some of these events where it's 
you know, they'll have a, a digital event where they will get a few executives to kind of go over some free features, uh, kind of keep people abreast about what's about to happen at Build, but they are bringing out the big guns. Uh, so with panels coming out, uh, people are expecting customer-related or you know, consumer-related uh, things because that's what he focuses on. Uh, unfortunately, there seems to be some sort of weird hybrid uh, event, which at least going by the uh, page that they have up, which we can go visit. I think if you go to our website, we have a link to the page itself, or you can look it up yourself. Uh, they will be talking about hybrid work. So this has, you know, we're what are you speculating could be going on with this event? I was expecting it could be about OneDrive or Microsoft 365 or the new One Outlook client or even that Microsoft Defender thing that we keep talking about every week, the new Microsoft Defender app, and even Windows 365 Cloud PC. These are all things that seem to fall under that Windows powers the future of hybrid work tagline that they tagged on the event. But According to Mary Jo Fowley at ZDNet, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, she's saying that the event is mainly aimed at commercial customers, but she's thinking that there could be, quote-unquote, so far undisclosed features coming to Windows 11 that some Microsoft executives could be talking about. So maybe they might tag on some of the incoming Windows 11 features coming for uh, uh, October or later this year at the end of the event and get us teasing teasing it for one more thing to come ahead, maybe? Who knows? Yeah, in my most optimistic view, I am hoping that they bust out the Surface Studio finally saying, hey, if you have to work from home, here's the perfect device, something to compete with what they just announced for the Mac Studio. Here's here's our updated version. Again, that's being super optimistic. I doubt that you know, <laughs> we haven't seen any uh, FCC uh, right. filings or anything like that. But uh, I think to your point, though, to Mary Jo, is that this is going to be maybe they hint at um, finally, the unified uh, outlook. Yeah. We may not have it, but they may have screenshots. They may have uh, at least a roadmap on when we can expect it, at least for development, things like that, for people who, uh, for ITs who need to start uh, ramping up uh, permissions for, for that. Maybe they'll start talking about those kind of things. Uh, because again, that does span both in office and at home. Uh, we'll probably see a lot to talk about Teams. Uh, and it may tie into what we mentioned earlier about, you know, webcams and things of that nature as well. Maybe they have some updates to some of the, because, you know, this is panels thing, we have some updates to uh, hardware. So, you know, like our headphones and, and the microphones and uh, cameras that they they brought out, I believe, last year, they might have, part, you know, versions two of those as well. And now that's the perfect segue for the third topic, which is some new Microsoft Teams features and the Surface Hub 2 smart camera. So earlier this last week on March 16th, Microsoft released its work trend index report and it announced a number of new features coming from to those who are working from home or have a hybrid work going on. And for Teams, you're getting a bunch of new stuff, including the 3D emoji that everyone uh, wanted to see in Windows. They're now coming to Teams. Some new AI-guided speaker coach features and even a language interpretation feature in Teams. And these features all come as Teams turned five, year, five years old back on March 14th. And there are also some other updates coming for the rest of the Microsoft products. You could expect a PowerPoint and Cameo and Recording Studio 
they're getting merged as one product in the second quarter of 2022. So that's basically about helping make your presentations more efficient. And they also announced that Outlook is adding a feature to meeting RSVPs, where you're able to indicate whether you're be attending the meeting in person or remotely, also coming at the second quarter of this year. And then Whiteboard is getting a number of new features, including 50 new templates, collaboration cursors, and external whiteboard collaboration in Teams meeting. There's a whole bunch of Teams news and Microsoft 365 news. And if you want to check it out, we'll have the link in the description for you to go visit us and learn more. Uh, yeah, just backtracking one second. I wanted to let people know that, again, the event for the, the fifth that's scheduled in uh, April 5th, we'll have breakout sessions. So this is oh, yeah. going to be uh, sort of a developer Q&A type of event. This isn't just a one-off keynote and then that's it. Like So people who are interested in you know, demoing some new Windows tools and productivity and collaboration management and security, uh, I'm assuming again, again, I would assume admins and IT, things like that, there will be breakout sessions after whatever is aired um, uh, during the virtual event. So keep that in mind. And we will go back now to Surface and talk about the Surface Hub 2 smart camera. Yes, this expensive cam. How much did this camera end up costing? $800 and it won't work on your PC and it only works with the Surface Hub 2 or Surface Hub 2S. Yeah, in context, uh, Microsoft has released an $800 webcam. Uh, Again, this is for the Surface Hub 2, which I believe costs $2,500. Is that what it is? Something like that. Yeah, it's like $22,000. $22,000, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so an $800 webcam is relatively in focus, pun intended. Uh, this new webcam does come with, you know, I don't know, $800 worth of technology, but it does come with a little bit of tech with it. Uh, let me see if I can get the details on that specifically. Uh, we have, hold on, one second. Uh, it will have, I think it's, what did it say, machine learning, AI, a 12 megapixel sensor with 136 degree field of view. Uh, it can also keep things in focus from 0.4 millimeters before, yeah, and as far as eight millimeters away simultaneously. So, uh, you know, people who are sitting uh, closer to the camera and away from the camera can both be in focus versus, you know, kind of blurring one or the other out or doing that annoying thing where it jumps between the two and, and you have no idea who you're talking to. It has one teraflops of computing power. Uh, I think they call it a trillion floating point for calculations per second. A new algorithm, uh, which Microsoft has developed to compensate for tilt distortion, wide angle corrections, uh, so objects appear you know, more in depth in real life, uh, not like you're just talking to someone on the screen. Uh, and then AI can detect uh, people across a variety of postures, lighting conditions, and rooms, ensuring that every participant is equally visible. Uh, we just had a, an issue before we came online about the lighting in my place. And since it was backlit and I had, you know, daytime lights behind me, I came out dark, white balances off. Hopefully this corrects all of that. Uh, I don't know, again, this is for the service hub, so this is gonna be an office. I doubt anyone's gonna have to sit home and have to worry about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it is nice to know that they are working on some webcam stuff. Um, I think they said that it is USB-C connected, made out of aluminum. Uh, I don't know the exact uh, the sizes of it, the metrics of it, but it looks like uh, it has a bit of depth to it. So it's not, you know, it's not just the, the ones that we get off of Amazon. This one will have uh, some space to take up. Uh, I don't know how it connects. I think it might be the magnetic version, like we yeah. saw on previous ones, where you can kind of actually put it along any portion of the Surface Hub, uh, whichever whichever suits the best angle. 
and it says it should be start or starting to sell as of two days ago. So yep. if you have the money and you have a service hub and you have people coming back to the office and they're complaining about what they look like, go grab this new $800 camera. <laughs> and I had a chance to talk with Microsoft about the webcam. And naturally, one of the things I asked is, why won't it, why that too? <laughs> why won't why won't it work on my PC? Uh, you're a PC company, and you just designed a webcam that's only for Surface Hub. But so why? Well, uh, hybrid work was the number one thing they had in mind when they created the webcam. Like you said, it's designed to make people who are in the conference room from both near and afar show show up uh, cleanly and crisply so everyone looks the same and it's a clean and crisp meeting and it's all efficient for everyone, regardless of if you're in the room or if you're not in the room. That That's the first reason. And the second reason is because it's proprietary technology. It's using a custom USB-C plug and it also has a POGO Thing pogo connections, which are magnet, which are part of the magnets. So that's the other reason why it won't work. Uh, that obviously that won't fit on any PC that's on the on sale in the market right now. Then the other thing is the fact that it's using custom so software that's tuned for the conference room. So they would need to go in and retune the software just for people who are constantly sitting in front of a webcam by themselves. And it's something that they said. Uh, quote unquote, those are possible things to do. There seems a quite bit of interest. And I'm sure it's something we're going to talk about, but right now we're not going to offer it on PC. That's what Microsoft said when I asked why not bring it to PC as well, because Apple did something with center stage on the new surf. What is it? The new um, Apple studio monitor that we hinted at at the top of the show. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is uh, basically, I guess their explanation is this is an economy of scale kind of thing. Yeah, basically. Uh, you basically, they are looking to relatively recoup the R&D for this extraordinary product. Uh, we're assuming it works well, but, you know, like you said, there's a lot of proprietary tech that goes into it. And what they're hoping to do is sell a few, you know, hundred of these to get back that cost. And then they can manufacture at scale to and then bring it down to smaller devices. Same as you said with uh, Apple and their uh, center stage. They brought it out for, I believe, the, the uh, iPad Pro, Pro yep. the big one. Yep. And then they waited about a year or two before they brought it down to uh, the smaller iPads and now this new uh, Mac Studio, I believe. And, you know, probably going forward, we'll see it on everything from um, the iPhone because they are using the iPhone chip in this to every other device, you know, every other MacBook at some point, because again, they've uh, developed the manufacturing for it, the, re the distribution for it, they've gotten the pieces for it, and they've been doing this over years so that, you know, each time they build, it becomes cheaper and cheaper to do. So with fingers crossed, Microsoft, next few surfaces, maybe not the next uh, Surface Laptop 5 that's been rumored, or maybe not the uh, Surface Laptop Studio for next year, but sometime down the road, that tech will make it into these, those type of devices. And that said, we hit all of our main topics, which means it's time for our fast recap. And there's a lot of stuff to get to in the fast recap. And the first of which is a new $500 Surface Go 3 LTE model. Now, this is a new way for you to enjoy LTE on the Surface Go 3. Previously, if you wanted to get LTE on the Surface Go 3, you had to shell out, I think it's $730 for the highest end model with the Core i3, 8 gigabytes of RAM and 128 gigabyte SSD. But now you could only spend $500 and get the model with the, pen the Pentium processor, four gigs of RAM and the 64 gigabytes
rights of eMMC storage. So basically, Microsoft rolling down premium features down to budget entry devices. Yeah, I mean, not that I'd recommend anybody get this specific configuration. Exactly. But if, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you need a uh, a tablet for you know a road trip or if you're an individual who has a specific function for it outdoors, this would be a great kit. And then the second part of Fast Recap is Microsoft Edge getting the ability to auto-generate alt description tags or images. So this is something that's powered by their new machine learning language, machine learning algorithms. And so now if you download an image in Microsoft Edge and when you go and you upload it somewhere else, it'll have its own alt description tags in it based off of what Microsoft Edge believe that you downloaded. So it's using the Azure Cognitive Services Computer Vision API uh, that's in Microsoft Edge. And it seems like it's some pretty, pretty fancy technology that's at play here. Yeah, I've always applauded the uh, Microsoft, uh, the Bing team for their image search. I think it's been one of the you know, top notch, even compared to Google. Uh, the things that they've been doing in it, I've also seen kind of trickle back into the way Google kind of does their research. So uh, being able to kind of pull that information uh, into this portion of Edge is amazing. Uh, we mentioned this off camera that this is another great tool they've added in Edge to help researchers, I believe, you know, kind of obtain information quickly. Uh, if you are a writer like ourselves or if yep. you're doing uh, research and you need to know uh, or create all these kind of things and you need to publish it into a CMS, uh, content management system, or like a WordPress or something like this, this will make your job that much easier and help speed up that process for you. And next up, speaking of speed, is the Windows 11 bug bash. Microsoft needs your help. We're always complaining every week about bugs in Windows 11 and people tweet about the bugs in Windows 11. Well, if you tweet, it won't do anything. You need to go to the feedback hub and you need to disclose what exactly the problem is that you're having. Well, but now from March 16th to March 22nd, if you're a Windows Insider and you go to your feedback hub, you should see, I think it's a collection of 50 or so quests around all the new features that Microsoft have announced recently for Windows 11, like uh, the new pen menu, dynamic refresh rates, new emoji, the touch gestures, dragging and dropping on the taskbar. And if you complete those quests, you'll get a new fancy bug uh, achievement for your achievements in the Windows 11 Insider Hub. Yeah, all your tweets do is summon Brandon, and he's a good folks. So <laughs> or give him Jen. a break. Or Jen. Yeah. Or Jen. Yeah, give him a break. Put put your uh, feedback into the bug bash and let the developers get working on it. Again, just knowing that you helped. And get us into the other topic, which is the Microsoft Partner Network getting a big rename. Yeah. So Microsoft is doing. Uh, it's not the reorg that they normally do. We have to wait till July for that. But uh, they are renaming it and, uh, I guess, becoming more specific with the title. Because, uh, again, we said Microsoft Partner Network, and that would change to Microsoft Cloud Partner Program. So adding cloud to it kind of differentiates between what it was before and what it is now. Back in 2019, Microsoft caused quite a stir when it announced that it was ending the Partner Internal Use Rights a program which offered free Microsoft products and services to partners for internal use. Uh, the decision was met with significant outcry from partners, and so Microsoft backtracked uh, with a statement, uh, you know, kind of giving some context to why they're making this change now. Uh, with that being said, um, along with the name change, comes the changes to the program itself. 
which includes two levels of partner capabilities. The solutions partners level will be granted to partners who reach a partner capacity score of 70 out of 100 points, and specializations and expert programs will give solution partners a way to differentiate the organization to demonstrate deep technical expertise and experience in specific technical scenarios under each solution area. Now, for those of you who have no idea what partners means, this means these are the uh, basically who Microsoft entrusts to sell uh, Azure uh, and Azure-like services or uh, any type of securities. So uh, again, if you're a partner, you are uh, a third-party uh, business that basically helps Microsoft sell these things, helps sell, helps sell its programs. And they give you specific uh, classes and advantages on how to do this and incentives to do so, you know, commissions, compensations, things like that. So the program's changing a little bit and people and the partners are getting some more help essentially. And now that, uh, that that you just ran through that really quickly, which is something I didn't understand, by the way, when I heard it, I'm like, what are, why are they changing the name? Good job on explaining that. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll jump over to the final topic in the fast recap, which is Windows 11's longstanding known issue with Oracle VirtualBox finally being fixed. So if you're not familiar, if you are a Windows 10 user and you use Oracle VirtualBox, which is basically a way to run virtual machines, Microsoft was blocking you from upgrading to Windows 11 because of a compatibility pro uh, problem with the software itself and with something in Windows 11. And they finally addressed it. Well, not they, but Oracle uh, finally addressed it. And if you download the most recent update for VirtualBox and then you wait 24 hours, you should finally be able to see Windows 11 in your Windows update. Yeah, so another barrier to getting to Windows 11 has been lifted. So <laughs> TPM and VirtualBox uh, and we just don't like your computer. All those excuses are finally <laughs> going to going to the wayside. And that's it. It's now time for the week ahead. Yeah, you want to tell people what Edge 100 means? I know we had a big Edge 99 uh, discussion uh, two, three weeks ago. So what does Edge 100 bring? to people who are testing beta? And what can it bring to people who will eventually just get it, who are just running regular Edge? Long story short, nothing. Even though it's 100, <laughs> you're you're not getting nothing new. It's just some new PDF features, new enhancements around PDFs, and the way that you could share cookies between Microsoft Edge and Internet Explorer for IE mode, and uh, also some web app synchronizations uh, for progressive web apps across different devices. Nothing new here, nothing fancy, but it's just that Edge is hitting version 100, just like how Chrome is, and they're also updating the user string to avoid problem problems with web pages, which have been set for two two double digits for the, uh, the under the hood for the past couple of weeks. So it's nothing really, nothing major, but Edge 100 is now in the beta channel and it should be coming to stable shortly after. Okay, with that being said, we also have a rumored, uh, we have a rumor about Xbox holding its own uh, virtual event, E3 style in June, uh, which is interesting because I think they are still at this moment slotted to be at E3. They may be one of, the last of the big three to be there. I think Sony is officially bowed out and will yep. host whatever their thing is. And Nintendo did it a few years prior to everyone else doing it. So uh, I, it is interesting to see what this E3 thing might be like. Uh, we know that I think it was last year they ran they had three of these virtual events where they kind of uh, shared information about uh, Game Pass and xCloud and things like that. So we don't know exactly uh, what's going to be said about this. We, I don't even know what's in the pipeline. 
They may uh, explain uh, roadmaps for, like, they can't even talk about Activision because that's not a done deal yet. So I don't know, maybe something coming from Bethesda uh, finally. Maybe we'll start to see some storyboards from some games and some ideas or IPs uh, from that purchase, which was about what, two years ago, I think it was. Yep. Also might hear about Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is always a big thing for them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a big thing for you. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm always talking about it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think we, we got this tip from Games Radar, uh, and there were some other outlets that have kind of uh, since echoed it. But the rumors, uh, I th- oh, sorry, the rumors come from Game Beats uh, journalist Jeff Grubb, who said in a live stream video on his YouTube channel back in March 11th, in part, they're talking to partners uh, to get big games in there. That is ongoing right now, and it's uh, March, so it's not like they can change the train or turn the big ship around. Uh, so again, like we said, there this may just be uh, you know telling gamers to hold tight. We will have some of our first uh, first party games coming out soon, and like you know maybe they'll have a follow up to November or maybe the beginning of next year as well. But you know as of right now, we know that they bought a bunch of studios. And the planning's a big thing, so maybe this is just to kind of calm the waters for people waiting. So now that we got through all of the fun stuff, we left the boring story for last, but not not really might be boring because there's a lot of drama relating to it, right? Oh, this is exciting. I'm going to try to make it exciting as possible. Uh, <laughs> I've been writing about this story for, ah, I don't know, two years, three years now. Uh, Microsoft got a contract with the U.S. Army back in 2018-ish uh, to start developing uh, a co-partnership on uh, a program or a platform called IVAS. Uh, and it's basically their uh, augmented reality um, system. It's a cloud, cloud system that they're going to start putting into, into headsets and devices to help uh, infield, ba- infield combat and battle and soldiers uh, that you know, can wear stuff like HoloLens to get uh, a 